In order to provide some context for the following episode, we recorded this conversation a year ago, in April of 2016. Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 141. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me today in the studio, we have a returning guest, Kendall Tiru. Hello. And our conversation today is going to be focused on embarrassment of American culture for a number of reasons. But Kendall, you were abroad about a year ago, and I know that that had an impact on this topic for you. So I'd love to know where you would like to begin. Yeah, Kip. So I was abroad the entirety of my junior year from 2015 to 2016 in Munich, Germany. And I found that I was consistently embarrassed to admit that I was American. I started thinking about this mostly because frequently I would get asked if I was French because I guess my accent in German sounds relatively French. And there came a point where I just started saying that I was because almost immediately after admitting that I was American, people would just say Trump. It was the first word out of their mouths. Or sometimes, you know, I got gun jokes, even a crack about hamburgers or french fries now and then. But it was really just, there was no positive reaction to saying that you were American other than once in a while getting the, oh my God, you're American and you're here exploring intellectual endeavors and you want to learn and you want to know about other cultures. It really started this kind of thought process for me, wherein I really have reconsidered whether or not I should be proud to be American, or at least maybe if not that, then just to wonder what the rest of the world thinks of us, and really if they think of us as the great superpower that we once thought that we were. And that's kind of where I wanted this question to open. And to share some of my thoughts after hearing you propose this topic about a week ago, I'm reminded of anthropology classes I've taken in media, which have been referenced in previous episodes of this podcast, where we discussed what other countries perceive of America because of the media that we export. And I do think with the U.S. as an economic and military and perhaps geopolitical superpower, it logically follows that we would export our culture or at least that other countries would take a degree of interest in the happenings and goings on of our country. And I think a number of people abroad have misconceptions based on various television shows and often sensationalized news programs that do share true stories, but often with increasingly negative lights to attract viewership. And it's very understandable. But a number of people abroad that I've heard of discussing our country point out our ignorance about the world, how little we know about neighboring or various other countries the increased likelihood of gun violence, and the racism that still exists within this country and that many of us on either subconscious or conscious levels allow to continue, and the perception of wealth, which I find very interesting. I know a number of people on Humans of New York, the famous blog, and elsewhere have talked about why they came to America, and it's often because of this perception that we absolutely put out there that it's the land of plenty. It's in our folk songs. It's in our American dream, which is one of those unspoken guiding principles of our nation. It exists within our democratic capitalist society and the tenants therein. And I worry, firstly, that many Americans are in fact oblivious to a number of issues in our world and therefore have no qualms about broadcasting certain traits of theirs that they don't see as flaws. 
And secondly, that America as a nation has no problem being boastful, proud, and therefore exporting culture and media that depicts that culture, whereas other communities and countries in the world might be more humble and hesitant to so adamantly share their principles and beliefs. It's also probably very telling that one of the most popular podcasts of all time came from America, when the medium is in no way restricted to our country. But I wonder if there is a connection between American culture, the belief that Americans are independent and can share their thoughts with whomever and whenever they want, and the excess of American media that I think exists. Do you have any thoughts on that? Touching on what you just said, that's particularly interesting. I have only found one podcast that I listen to in Germany, and it's about current news topics. It's very political and very direct and not very welcoming to the listener. I listened to a second German podcast, a woman, I guess it is technically a German podcast, but to me, I think of it more as an academic podcast for non-Germans because it is called Slow German and it is just so that people may understand the language a little bit better. However, before I say anything else, I do want to note that throughout my travels and the more that I see the rest of the world and talk to the people therein, it seems like everybody is a little bit embarrassed about their own culture, you know? We think that we have problems with our politics or we really only see the negative and what we're surrounded by. However, with American culture, I'd say that even though we've produced a lot of things that have changed the world, I mean, I think that we're still leading in the film industry. I think that we're leading in the podcast industry as well. I do think that particularly influences what people think about Americans because we export this idea of like the Kardashians being one of our most popular TV shows that we actually idealize that. And then that's something that we should be interested in. And I really appreciate Kim Kardashian as an example, because I think in our country and perhaps there are analogs in other countries, being a celebrity is a status of its own. People don't need to be great activists or great actors necessarily or politicians to become famous and to hold on to fame which is very curious to me. And I would love to hear from international listeners if there are examples in other countries of that phenomenon. But to me, it represents a fascination with the entertainment industry because increasingly in America, we do seem enamored of entertainment. There are reality shows about everyone and every demographic imaginable. There are spinoffs. There are countless sitcoms. Netflix is an American company. And I think for very good reason, as you mentioned, the film industry, we love consuming and as a result, making more entertainment. And I think that's one reason that America as a country is well known, not only for our historical significance or influence on the world in both negative and positive ways, but because we have so much media and in the modern world, digital media that can be transmitted so easily so other people can hear about our sensationalist headlines and our very dramatic, thoroughly produced TV shows and films and music. But that's a number of things to tackle. Was there something in there that resonated with you? Absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought up this idea of famous for being famous. In my mind, that's kind of how I view American culture and how I kind of hypothesize that a lot of foreigners perceive us as people being abroad and talking to people about the classic American stereotype. There is this idea that we have this incredible self-entitlement, but nobody can actually explain where that comes from. I think that another aspect the popularity of American entertainment also in Europe and the idea that everyone outside of America has this incredible knowledge about America, that we are so important. It really resonates with us. It resonates everywhere. I have had more political discussion with people my own age in Europe than I have in the States. 
everyone is informed about Donald Trump, about Bernie Sanders, maybe because this election for some reason is so extreme compared to past ones. But it seems to me that America is really just this media center. We're really just kind of a running joke. And everything that we create somehow touches the rest of the world because we are in some senses, you know, still a very large power in the world. However, I would argue that today it's more of an entertainment factor and less and less of I'm finding it very difficult to even talk about why I'm embarrassed about American culture because I feel that I've kind of always been this way. Maybe because I also kind of see us as this kind of running joke or a place of constant trouble. Maybe because I'm involved constantly in our society. Do you ever feel embarrassment about being American, just staying in America in and of itself? I absolutely have felt that. And I think one reason that I'm now attempting to articulate is that American culture is in a lot of ways very gluttonous. I think it's a lot about consumerism and consumption, not simply on an economic scale, but about finding and taking and consuming in often a very materialistic way, whatever it is might gratify you in the moment, but not in the long term. And I think that's why others' perceptions of us as a country is that we are subject to a number of vices. I think our music industry is very sexualized when it does not need to be, because music, at least on an auditory level, does not need sexuality to appeal to people. That said, I do think sexuality is a part of human culture and deserves a degree of exploration. But the perception of many that I think has gone too far in America is something that I do feel to a degree. And when I say gluttony, I just think that it's always about the next thing. A movie is made and a sequel is expected by the audience. A television show is concluded and people are either looking for the next show to watch or the next season of that show, and it's never enough. And I don't know that it is in human nature to be satiated, but I think one reason America economically has done what it's done is because there's a constant need to feed the beast, so to speak, in a variety of ways, both in its media, in terms of food staples, the idea that obesity has become such a problem in America and surely in other countries as well, but I think primarily in our home, that other countries look at us and say their lifestyle is all backward. They aren't doing anything for themselves in the long term, and they're very based in the ephemeral, the fleeting, and satisfying themselves with an ever-present hunger that they don't care to examine or explore or analyze in order to solve. And I shouldn't say they because it should be we. I'm a part of American culture, and I think to a large extent, I'm culpable of a lot of these things that oftentimes the easy answer, the shorter answer is the one that I will give or the route that I will take because it's harder to think about things. To make a physical metaphor, if you don't work out or exercise something, those muscles or those skills will get weak. And as a country, I think we've forgotten what it was like to put in certain hard work. I think older generations' criticisms of millennials are valid to an extent. We're very indulgent, and I appreciate your having indulged me in a very long rant there. Again, did anything I say stand out to or resonate with you? I really think that gluttonous is an excellent choice of words to describe our American culture, but particularly gluttonous for physical things. I would argue that gluttony of education or the pursuit of knowledge, travel, things that expand your mind and your world perception are encouraged in my sphere of the world. It seems to me that the American culture is going more and more, like you said, into this idea that we need all these things, especially with electronics, video games. We're consuming at a rate that we can't stop. There's a saying by a people in Botswana about American culture wherein they say, 
literally translated, they like things. And they laugh about this. I can attribute that to Dave Suggs, an anthropologist who's done much work there in the, I believe, 80s. Sorry if that's inaccurate. However, this is something that I've almost always been baffled with. Not only the amount of things that we like to have, but the amount of space that we like to own, the size of our cars, the size of our houses. It doesn't make sense to a lot of people around the world. And I asked myself how that came about, why we started feeling like this is the end goal. That the end goal is not to benefit those who don't have a lot, but to really obtain a lot of things for yourself. And I say this knowing that this is not about all Americans. In my mind, I have this idea of, I'm sorry to say this, but the enormity of Texas. And I've been there. I have family there who I love and adore, but the excess is so much. And this is what I have in my head when I think about American culture. That being said, I'm from Vermont. I'm from an incredibly liberal area of America. And yet when I think about American culture, I disregard myself and all of the people that I live around because it's not what's perceived globally of us. And maybe I should be working a little bit harder to try to educate those who I know around the globe to encourage conversation of those who have these kinds of negative images of us. But I don't know, for some reason, I can't shake the idea that we are these gluttonous people that we are just so consumed by things that don't benefit the rest of the world. I completely understand where you're coming from, and I'm glad that you made a point to emphasize that this isn't true of all Americans, but perhaps the vocal majority or the projected group of Americans that represent our country to those abroad who have never been to America or who know very little about it, because I think they do expect, as we've said, wealth and that everyone has guns and that there's violence and racism everywhere in the country. And these are problems that we have to deal with, but we haven't made very many efforts. And I think in our culture of materialism, there's the ability to escape. And escapism exists, I suspect, everywhere, but increasingly in America, where, as we've said, entertainment is so ubiquitous. And this gluttony that we've mentioned is also very popular. Americans aren't required to engage in deep emotional thought because there are so many options for them that offer instant gratification. And I completely understand the allure, but I do worry that as a country, we've sacrificed more mentally, economically, or politically difficult conversations or tasks because we've given in to the short term and the easy. And again, this isn't all Americans, but I do think that increasingly that temptation draws more people in. And I can see why other countries feel that way about us. I also worry that Americans in the country consuming American media have the perception that this is what's idealized and this is what's good. And so it's a self-serving cycle that a few Americans with extreme or sensational behavior who are spoiled or violent or entertaining to watch as they have meltdowns or tantrums or enjoy some extravagance or luxury are entertaining to watch entertainment circles around them to capture their story. Americans, much like other people in the world, watch those stories. And if you live in this country and see other people behaving in that way, on some level, I think you start to believe or at least consider that that is what it means to be American. And I think for younger people, especially when you don't know much about a place or a culture, all you can do is imitate it if you hope to fit in. And so American culture broadcasts the extreme aspects of itself back into the country and creates a self-fulfilling prophecy and a loop that ultimately builds upon itself in the most extreme aspects because people aren't interested in watching moderation and tempered behavior or normal people. What they want is the extreme. 
However, paradoxically, I think when you see the extreme over and over again, it becomes normal through the process of repetition. And that's a huge danger in American media, but also in American culture, which is captured oftentimes by American media. And if it's not, I would argue that to a degree it doesn't matter because when you consume media to a degree, you think it stands for that culture, which is a very dangerous habit and worthy of a separate conversation. I think one aspect of our culture that is often in the media, not so much talked about, but just hinted at is this idea of the American dream, which you referenced at the very beginning of this episode. In my opinion, honestly, the American dream has been dead for a long time. We all know one person, maybe two, who have come from nothing and have achieved a lot, which is phenomenal. It proves that the ability in our society is there to make it if you start with very little. However, I think that this is one of the aspects of American culture that is just completely wrong. There are very few opportunities, I think, for people to make it when you start from nothing in this country at this point in time. And it's interesting because in the fall of my junior year, I had a discussion about this with a few German students who were appalled that I thought the American dream may have never existed in the first place. I say this from personal experience, but I am only able to be here, literally here, recording this podcast with you because I was given the gift to come to this school from somebody who has a lot of financial abilities to give to me. And I suppose this conversation with these German students really struck me because I've never second-guessed the fact that I'm only here because I was born financially well-off enough to be here. I think people still come to America a lot of the time searching this American dream, but I think we should start asking ourselves if it ever really existed at all, if it's just kind of this vague idea given to us to inspire us to work and to work hard. Talking with these German students really struck me, and it really made me wonder how much of the world really believes that it exists still. I suppose just going back to how we began this episode, we can never truly perceive what other cultures are thinking about us because we're not there, and because we will always have kind of a misguided perception of ourselves because we can really only see the negative, in my opinion. And for that, I hope that we can maybe walk away from this podcast or from positive experiences in our life, focusing on the aspects of our culture that are kind of a gift, in my opinion, kind of like these kinds of conversations that we're allowed to have. Definitely. And we can't ignore the freedom of speech that allows us to have conversations like this. As you said, before we close the episode, what are some things you'd like the audience to consider after listening to this conversation? I really hope that the audience considers kind of the day-to-day small talk that we have with other Americans that we are unfamiliar with. This is a part of American culture that I missed a lot while being abroad. For lack of a better phrase, you know, meaningful small talk. Not necessarily very deep or very meaningful to each of us. However, positive relations with other people that we don't know is something that doesn't exist very much abroad, at least from my encounters. I would also really like to hear from international listeners if any of this felt accurate to you, if you have different perceptions of our country, and for Americans listening, how you think our country is perceived by others, and also how you perceive our country, because it is a rather large country, not necessarily geographically, although that is the case, but also in its diversity. We have 50 different states. Each has a distinct culture to a degree, or might like to believe that's the case. And I think it's worth considering how the term American defines 300 million people when that's a large quantity of individuals to try and describe with a singular culture. I'd also like Americans who are maybe offended or upset about this to think about ways in which we could spread more open, positive, and flexible definitions of what it means to be an American 
and what our aspirations as an American people might be. But none of this is easy to discuss. And so we hope that this conversation continues. Kendall, I'd really like to thank you again for coming on. It was great to speak with you. Thanks so much for having me. I've had so much fun. It was great to have you. But of course, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have thoughts, comments, or feedback of any kind, please reach out to us. You can connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook, and you can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to and reviewing the show, as well as recommending it to a friend you think might enjoy or get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.